Welcome everybody, it is Saturday at noon, you know what that means, another episode of the Mega Strange Podcast. I'm here with my co-host Johnny. Johnny, what's happening? Not much. Uh, you Johnny, know. let me oh. st- let me turn. Wow. Stop you right. Cut there. me off. I'm gonna cut you off right there. You've often told me that when the cameras start, I quote unquote turn it on. Yeah. Oh yeah. You become like a new person. And I don't think that's true. Ah. Uh-huh. But just kidding. I know it's true, and everybody out there who's watching us today live knows it's true. Yeah. Yeah. You're watching this recording on Saturday, but we are currently doing a live recording in the Mega 64 studio. Yeah. We've never done this before. Move over SNL. We have a live, well, I was going to say a live studio audience, a live digital audience. Yeah. Yeah. Move over SNL. Uh, I'm I'm Pete Davidson now. This is (laughs) MSP. Did you, strange podcast. did you hear that Kanye song that where he says like, uh, God saved me from a car accident to beat Pete Davidson's ass? No. That shit was cracking I up. haven't heard the latest music. Yeah. Because he's dating Kim K. I don't know if you know the, dra- the the juicy drama. Yeah. We might have to start a celebrity gossip podcast yeah. uh, at one word when we get burnt out on cryptids. <laughs> Anyways, I just turned it on. I'm on my third cup of coffee for the day. I'm jealous. Um, but I'm hyped up not because of all the caffeine, but because of our topic I'm excited. We're talking vampires. Yes. And as I was explaining uh, before the cameras went on, a few months ago, we did an episode about witches, just generally talking about witches, and it was uh, extremely popular. Surprisingly, I didn't know people would be so into just witches as a subject. I thought it was a little passe, or dare I say boring, when we were um, pitching it. Witches are are like a, a big thing. There's like witch house music. Um, and then like, I feel like uh, with the Tumblr era, there was a lot of people like, I'm a witch. Look at my witch's brew. Yeah. And that's and why I, feel like that's I just thought, a remnant of that. You know, maybe I was foolish because I thought maybe people would be burnt out because there's so much witch witchiness in our culture yeah. at large that maybe it's been diluted and it's not so interesting, but I was wrong. People loved it. People ate it up. And so I knew, oh, we got to do the other big folklore monster out there. Vampires. My dad is obsessed with vampires. I uh, I definitely want to hear more about yeah. that. How is your dad uh, obsessed with vampires? Is he a vampire? Well, I mean, cop vampire. That might be a good movie. That would um, be an amazing starring your dad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd pay 12 bucks. No, to my, see that. <laughs> my dad was really into that show. Angel, the Buffy spinoff. Okay. With uh, David Boreanaz. Yes. who Went on to play Bones. Yeah. And uh, then it just started spiraling. My dad's going to kill me because he started watching the show now. Um, he started like buying <laughs> vampire books yeah. from Barnes and Nobles. Like, and then he would tell me like, man, I wish vampires were real and like all this shit. And then he started uh, later in my life. He started watching the vampire diaries. Mm. Um, so my dad's a big vampire head. Well, I have good news for I think your he's just dad. Afraid of dying. <laughs> uh, Johnny's dad. If you're watching, you're going to like this. Vampires are real and I've met one. Oh, shit. See, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with vampires, uh-huh. too. And, you know, I've always felt that vampires, Dracula in particular, is kind of the leader of the pack. He's like head honcho of all the horror characters yeah. and icons. So I was just, you know, I wanted to be a vampire every Halloween. And when I was 15, my mom took me on a vacation uh, to New Orleans, which I found out was like the vampire capital of America. And they have vampire tours down there. And I went on all of these vampire tours, multiple ones. I went to the sites of these mysterious deaths, murders, and disappearances, which had all been 
um, kind of ascribed to va- local vampires. Yeah. I learned about all this local vampire lore and legends and culture, and I met a self-proclaimed vampire when I was there. And I can tell you about this guy. Yeah, yeah, I was 15 years old. This was the year 2000. This guy kind of looked like Gary Oldman pretending uh, like Gary Oldman as Dracula in, the movie, yeah, in yeah. the movie Dracula. Dracula. Which is to Counter say Reeves. like long brown hair, circular glasses. They always have the circular a, glasses. A gray top hat and like a vest over like a button up shirt. It was Louisiana. It was kind yeah. of musky. So he didn't have a jacket, but he walked with a cane. I remember that. And he spoke like this. <laughs> Because when you're a kid, when you're a teenager, you have, you have a such a great memory. You remember things like picture perfectly, you know. Yeah. So I remember him speaking to the crowd, and he's like, "Yes, I am a vampire. Yes, I drink blood, mostly during sex." <laughs> <laughs> he's just like announced it to the crowd. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what fell over there. Anyways. Your phone? Uh, so yeah, I met that vampire. We have vampires here in America. I've just always been fascinated with vampires on a superficial horror movie level. Me too. Uh, and I, I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't also watch Angel with my dad and be like, yo, vampires are sick. I loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but I never got into Angel. Yeah. I don't know why my dad decided to watch Angel over Buffy, but I've seen every episode. Buffy kills them and Angel is them. I don't know. Point is, yeah. Today's episode, um, we're going to be doing a deep dive on the history of vampires. How did we get vampires? Where did where did vampires come from? Why are vampires so popular in our culture? In our not only our culture, in cultures all over the world, it seems like there are these myths and legends and ghost stories about these creatures that come back from the dead mm. and suck out the essence of the living and kind of fit in with what we would consider to be a vampire all over the world, all over the world, Europe, Asia, Africa, South America. They're everywhere. Are they real? I don't know. I love learning about like, uh, you know, th- these creatures from different parts of the globe, like, a Chinese zombie looks so different from a like yeah. the American idea of a zombie. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to like deep dive. But what I also found out and what I want to start with today, which, yeah. which I thought was really interesting, the actual word vampire does not appear in the English language before the year 1732, which, okay. is, ac- which is actually not that long ago. 1732. I Google searched 1732. I was like, what was going on in 1732? It was the year George Washington was born. And uh, Benjamin Franklin was kicking around doing comics uh, for his local newspaper. This makes sense because whenever like Anne Rice would write about vampires, they're always in like the early 19th century or 1800s. Yeah, this is like pre- Also RIP Anne Rice. Pre-American Revolution, but also it's the Age of Enlightenment. Mm. This is um, just like one generation before the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and our founding fathers. And it was like an explosion in science and moving away from religion being the dominant... um, force entity and authority behind um education and scientific thought you know Mm. it was the enlightenment yeah yeah 
And yet, at the same time, during this era, belief in vampires skyrocketed. Um, okay. But it all started in the year 1732. Before that, nobody had ever heard of these things. Um, I guess it, it started appearing in these English newspapers because the English had heard about these creatures uh, from the French. And the French had heard about these mysterious creatures from the Germans. Okay. And the Germans had heard about these mysterious creatures from their neighbors in Austria. Because Austria was actually having a very severe vampire problem going on in this year. Can I give you a little background? Um, Yeah, I just want to say real quick, if this gets too spooky or anything, just... uh, Throw it to me. I got, I got, a, I got vampire jokes locked and loaded. Okay, good. Because honestly, like I did kind of have uh, a couple panic attacks when I was researching the yeah. vampire stuff because some of the things I found were just like so, so creepy and unsettling. I had to walk away. And just be like, <laughs> Dude, I need to think about something else for a while. Do you, do you want a little taste of a vampire joke? Yeah. Yeah. Lay it on <clears> me. <throat> All right. Trying to get my like New York uh, comic vibe coming out. Give me one vampire <clears throat> joke. What do you call a vampire on sale? You heard about this? You heard about this one? A discount. Oh, God. Nice. All right. Anyway, continue. I want to move on. (laughs) Uh, These vampire reports (laughs) were coming out of Austria because at this time, Austria had been involved with a war, uh, involved in a war with the Ottoman Empire. Now, when we think about this era... This is the end of kingdoms and the beginning of countries. This is that transitional phase. There's a lot of war going on, um, but it's a lot of like kingdoms of Austria, kingdoms of Turkey going, you know, places that would later on become countries. They're going to war with each other. So what happened was Austria was fighting a war with the Ottoman Empire and they took all of the country of Serbia and took control of it and kept control of it for 20 years. And after 20 years, a treaty was... um, was met and they had to give that kingdom back. Okay. And during that time, that part of Europe was entirely war torn. Um, it was devastated. It was filled with like nomadic people. There were battles breaking out. There were deaths happening everywhere. It was mostly like cattle farmers and Austria was trying to encourage German speaking immigrants to go there to kind of like hold the border for them. They were basically unable to do this. For 20 years, they tried to stabilize the region. They tried to take control of it. Mm. And after 20 years, they gave up and they gave it back. But during that 20-year period, that's when all of these, that's when the first well-documented stories of vampires start coming out and spreading all throughout Europe um, right around that time. Can I bring up a map? Yeah. I can show people the part of the country, uh, part of the world we're talking about. Sure. Yeah, it's right there. Click on that. Let me switch over. There was like a a route. Is yeah. That- <laughs> this is a map. Uh, I typed in Serbia to Bosnia. Yeah. Um, because they're like neighboring countries. Just to give you kind of an idea of that's the border right in the middle there. Uh, so this is the area we're talking about. You can zoom out. You can okay. zoom out. Here, let me take the map sure. here. I want to show people what we're dealing with. So, you know, we're kind of like uh whoops i'm grabbing a route here there's italy to the left we're north of greece there's uh austria up there to the north and down here where it says bosnia uh the names disappear and this is like serbia over here 
Anyway, so this is the part of the world we're talking about. Just to give people a little visual, you know? Yeah, if they want to go on a little road trip. By the way, not too far away from there is Transylvania. The uh-huh. neighboring country to the to the east is Romania. Which are like historically known for being vampire country due to like fiction and stuff. But yeah, well, it's it's all from uh, this area. Okay. Or it's from this this point in time, you know. Why don't you uh, why don't you break in here with a vampire joke? Okay. <clears throat> what do vampires usually call their boats? What? A blood vessel. Nice. You, you want another one? Nice. Another one yeah, yeah. Give me one more. All right. Give me one more. What's a vampire's favorite uh, brand of beer? What? A uh, Bloodweiser. Thank you. Thank you. Nice. Thank nice. You. Round of applause <laughs> for Johnny with his jokes. Hey, uh, why do vampires come from Transylvania? I don't know, but apparently they really do. Yeah. And I was doing research on the witches episode way back, and I was looking into ancient Greece to see, like I was trying to go way far deep into history to see the earliest witches I could find. And I found this thing in my research that didn't really have to do with vampires, but it kind of did in my mind. Okay. Let me read this to you. Let me tell you what I found. So basically in ancient Greece... There were three types of magicians, three types of sorcerers, three types of um, spellcasters. One was known as the pharmacai, who kind of dealt with herbs and drugs. Yeah, we've talked about that before, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There were actually like five kinds, but the Mm. three main ones were the pharmacai, the magi, and the goes. Okay. The goes are referred to as shamans who could go into trance-like episodes uh, the word is derived from gone, which means to wail or lament over the dead. These were basically like Greek necromancers. Okay. What these people were in charge of doing were not only helping you grieve after a person had died, but they would do some dark magic. They could like talk to people who had passed on. Some of them claimed to be able to resurrect the dead. Some of them claimed to be able to resurrect um, spirits of people who had passed on and bring them back and communicate with them. Mm. And we talked about this during the witch episode that a lot of these rituals involved like playing around with dead bodies and using blood and doing things that were like really scary that would put people into like such a frightened state that they would be susceptible to believing all these crazy things. Well, supposedly the goes uh, from ancient Greek come from the area of Europe, which traditionally became Transylvania. Oh, okay. Which I just find very interesting that all of these stories about vampires and these spirit um, entities, these creatures, come from the same area that like thousands of years earlier, 2,000 years earlier, the Greeks were saying like, yeah, there is some scary shit coming from that part of the world. That's awesome. Um, All of this folklore just goes way back. Like the stuff they were dealing with in the 1700s were the same monsters that they were dealing with in ancient Greek times. Um, All right, so what is a vampire traditionally? Like we know what a modern vampire is. We all have our concept of it. Yeah, like Dracula is like a big, you know, point of, you know, Everybody just take a minute, close your eyes, and imagine a vampire. Boom. That's the modern concept of a vampire. <laughs> I think we're all on the same page. But what these um, traditional vampires from Serbia and Bosnia, what they were like, it, they were described a little differently, you know? 
Um, they were usually reported as being bloated in appearance with ruddy purplish or dark color in their skin as, okay. oppo- as opposed to being pale or gray. They had like red or purplish skin. Um, this was often attributed to the recent drinking of blood. Blood was often seen dripping from their mouth and nose. Um, and for whatever reason, when you would open up them in a coffin, open up their coffin to take a look at them, vampires have their left eye open. They, they sleep with one eye open. Um, I bet that's where that came from. Teeth, hair, and nails seem to have grown, even though the person is supposed to be dead, though generally there were not fangs. Um, and a lot of things could cause people to turn into vampires. Wait, hold on. That's even scarier. Like, instead of having, like, pointy canines, they just have giant teeth? Yeah. That just keep growing? Um, n- teeth, hair, and nails may have grown somewhat. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. terrifying. <laughs> yeah, so imagine... You know, a lot of these, I'll say, people think that a lot of these theories come from people just not understanding how a body decomposes. Yeah, because I know like the hair and nails shrivels up. And, uh, yeah, and you become kind of like um, grotesque, yeah. and distorted. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can turn into a vampire. Some people think that if a dog jumps over your dead body, you would turn into a vampire. If you had a wound that had not been treated with boiling water, you were at risk of turning into a vampire. Or in Russian folklore, vampires were said to have once been witches or people who had rebelled against the church. Okay. Like I was saying earlier, going back to, you know, those uh, dark sorcerers from ancient Greek times. Hell yeah. This was really interesting and something I didn't know. Apparently, in this part of the world, in Slavic folklore, vampires are believed to be born um, through a stage of development that takes like 40 days. And so you start out, when you turn into a vampire, you start out as an invisible shadow. And then gradually you gain strength from the lifeblood of the living. Okay. Let that set in. You're an invisible shadow and you gain strength from the lifeblood of the living. I think the the book Cirque du Freak had some of that, like you uh, became a shadow. Um, Over the course of 40 days, as you gain strength from the lifeblood of the living, you form a typically invisible, jelly-like, boneless mass, eventually building up a human-like body nearly identical to the one you had in life. 40 days. This is how vampires are created. This is awesome. There's this, like, old Joan and Vasquez comic where, like, this uh, woman's, like, uh, or this goth dude's like, I want to be a vampire, and a vampire shows up. He's like, all right, I'll turn you into a vampire. And then he's like, hell yeah. And then it's like all his hair falls off. He becomes like disgusting. And it's yeah. like, it's like vampires like, yeah, it takes years to become the hot vampire that I am today. Yeah. There was a belief that vampires didn't have bones. Yeah. That they had like a gelatinous interior. And um, I don't know. I guess the ultimate desire was to be able to leave your grave and restart a life. Uh, resume it as it was. So a lot of vampires would actually supposedly return to their old wives to try to like have sex with them. And stuff. Yeah. Um, I was I was finding a lot of that in my research as well. Yeah, I even found that in some parts of the world, men are known to pretend to be vampires to be able to like hook up with the women that they desire because the belief in vampire sexual powers is so widely accepted. Okay, just pretending to be a vampire <laughs> is the ultimate aphrodisiac. That's why I got goth clubs and shit. It it kind of is universal. I mean, yeah. when you think about it, pretending to be a vampire will get you laid. Uh, pretty much wherever you are in the world. Depends on the person, really, because like if, if someone comes up to me and says, I'm a vampire, I'm going to be like, back the fuck up. Yeah. 
Um, so that's kind of just like a rough uh, history of vampires okay. from this part of the world. You know, I could talk about some vampire variants like vampires dam- and mm. stuff. I have some research on that, but I think I'd like to hear what you brought for today's episode. Um, okay. I mean, let's, let's do another joke here real, real quick. Why do people hate vampires in general? Why? Oh, uh, cause they suck. Wow. Anyway, I bought, uh, you know, usually you do such good research. That I decided, amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> I decided it. to just get really silly with my end of the bargain here. And I found a bunch of videos and stuff, or should I go to my actual research? Yeah, let's do some videos. Okay. So uh, this is cool to do this live because I have a, this is a, a crazy experiment, but you know, I, I kind of wanted to find instances of real life vampires in the world. Okay. So uh, I think I stumbled upon the vampire king. So here's the vampire king. <laughs> vampires, join me. And we can destroy these humans forever. There you go. That's the vampire king, dude. What a pause, dude. That's great. He's kind of, he reminds me of a cat. <laughs> uh, um, I found his account. Sadly, I just want to say I, oh. I glimpsed that when we were setting this episode yeah. and I wish I had it Yeah, because my general reaction when I first saw it was way bigger. It <laughs> caught me by surprise. Well, maybe this will uh, add to your reaction here because I found his account because yeah. uh, that was like on a bunch of like cringe compilations. Uh-huh. It's hun- hundreds of videos of that. <laughs> like he is the vampire. He is king. the fucking vampire king. He's like he keeps like every video is like <laughs> and then he goes like meet me at uh, dawn or at dusk and we'll, we will take down these humans. <laughs> Anyway, greetings from the Vampire King. That is the fucking Vampire King. Uh, should I keep going? Yeah, show me a couple. Uh, I have a really long one here. Fire uh, it up. So this one I need to preface a little bit. Uh, this is from a like TV show. Uh, I don't think it it didn't get really flagged on YouTube at all. But uh, this is a clip from the show Extreme Love. Do you hear that show? Mm, maybe sounds like an old show. Yeah. So this is there's this is a vampire couple. Uh, I would say stick with this. It gets fucking weird. Okay. Um. But it's not the full episode or anything. We're definitely you bloody won't believe how this text. Oh, I watched. I checked other videos where people uh reacted to this and they were, it was all this good. Couple. Okay. Keep the kink fresh and alive in their marriage. Together seven years, Logan and Daly are just your They look extremely horny. Couple. Yeah. Get the First vibe. time I ever met Daly, I had the, the lap sitting connection with her. Logan started hosting. Well, I can clearly see their reflection uh, in the mirror. Yeah, what the fuck is that? Way to open up with the fucking debunk. Two years asking me out. We went on a date. We were sitting at the table. <laughs> oh, man. There and you reached out and you touched my hand and it was like this electricity. I remember going to the bathroom Dude. calling my best friend and being like, Look at her. Going home with this guy. Like, that's what's going to happen tonight. I'm going home with this guy. He does look they like our Pat. Yeah. He does a little bit. I love everything. Well, he did. The stakes are higher than usual because the there's something unique about Ew. this couple. She has my name fears. is Daily South. I belong with my husband, Logan. The- okay. Do you have anything in your research about how vampires need to wear uh, contact lenses or anything? Just wondering. No. Okay. All I all I know is that the left eye is open in the coffin. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, his left eye has a vampire king and queen of Austin. Oh, oh, they're the king of queens of Austin. Uh, has Eric ever seen these people? Uh, I wonder. Daly and Logan live their lives they day weren't to day, elected. They see them <laughs> as vampires. They've ruled for six years now, running the Austin chapter of the Vampire Society. 
dude, this party looks fucking banging. I want to go to this party. <laughs> they both identified as vampires for half of their lives. The majority of vampires half commonly of their awaken, lives. Uh, during puberty. 10 years. I had my vampiric awakening when I was 15 years old. He was 15, dude. Being a vampire isn't something that dude, you can he's got the, choose. Uh, it is something you are born with. It is something that is a part of you. Oh, wait. I think he's a gamer. He said he was the vampire king, but the other guy's also the vampire king. I think we need a, a duel. They vampire sleep duel. during the day to avoid the sun. Whenever I am in the sun for long periods of time, uh, first I get a pretty bad headache, um, along with nausea, uh, shaky, kind of tremors. Wait, hold on. I didn't get this far in the video. She just explained being dehydrated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I go oh, into some direct water. sunlight as little as possible. I would say maybe a grand total of an hour a week, if that. Vampires <laughs> like Logan and Daly have one major While need. He, uh, does and an it's interview in the brightly simple. lit room a vampire in the middle of the Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For one reason or another, needs to take in human energy in the form of blood or, or psychic energy or this sexual energy to crazy. keep themselves healthy. I thought you didn't watch this far. These two I, have a I craving that can only be quenched. Oh, I can't watch that. This Mostly during sex. <laughs> I mean, I've, ta I've talked to the vampires. I know the score. Yeah. Uh, human blood from a donor once a month. Ew. I do it because I have Look, to. you can see she has a cut on The journey on her arm. to vampirism yeah. started so, in an average high school, in an average neighborhood, in, in an Talking average about thing, city. Yeah. Whoa. The first time I ever drank blood, it was actually a really intense experience for me because I remember sitting in my English class and I started to feel this intense English thirst class? that I'd never felt before. I ran oh. to the first water fountain I could find and I just started gulping down water. I didn't feel any less thirsty. And at that point, oh, you know, I have this to is run actually into one of my friends in the hallway like that had been really helping be me through my awakening. Yeah. And they said, oh, this is what you're experiencing. Let's go find your donor. So we found my friend and they pulled out a lancet and I drank from them Ooh. and it was immediately gone. Lancet. Um, what was it? The awkward pause. Um, mm. Yeah. First so. time I ever consumed blood. Uh, it, it was he pisses empowering. Did he piss his pants? What was that? I, I think he's like... Football senses and sensations. Yeah, that's the classic vampire pose. Right there. Rush. Classic. He's like, Logan and Daly don't just need blood in the bedroom. They need new oh, here, blood here we go. in the form of another woman. We don't need blood in the bedroom. I don't like the way we blood tastes. I find it regularly. <laughs> I'm someone the that needs it, a vampire. but I'm not a big fan of it. So she's drinking. You know, for Logan, it's, it can be very sexual for him. <laughs> there's something about this vampires. is fucking hilarious like, you find out there's vampires and you're all excited like ooh vampires <laughs> yeah and the night comes sorry, and they're sucking on the tip of your finger yeah like, this ain't vampires <laughs> this ain't vampirism i thought you were gonna kill me uh this is the end of the video she, he like started making out with her she's like i gotta go and then the drama starts but uh that's how the video ends for us nice um yeah so my man just wants uh like threesomes once a week. So he's like, yeah, I'm a vampire. It's part of uh, my religion. <laughs> uh, should I keep going? Yeah, I have what more. Else you got? Um, I might have to mute this because it has some music, but I'll mute it for the stream here. But this is one of my favorite videos of all time. Um, this one's called Nosferatu Dancing to Lady Gaga. Oh wait, shit! I didn't. I didn't show it for the. Hold on. Forget you saw that. Here you go. I've seen this video. Yeah, this is a classic video. Uh, for the chat, Lady Gaga's playing. 
Poker face. <laughs> Dude, I love the Chris Angel poster and the Chris Angel shirt. That's Nosferatu, baby. That's him, dude. That's a really good Nosferatu. The upside down American flag. Wow. Yeah, dude, disrespect. I guess he's Romanian, so it makes sense. <laughs> we loves Brad Pitt. That's Whoa. pretty good. So, okay. <laughs> that's, that's Bat Pitt. Bat Pitt. Whoa. Uh, thank you thank you that's amazing yeah the fucking crow mind freak the, this is just like a, a a really good vibe here i wonder if chris angel ever met uh this nosferatu and if so please like do a magic show with this guy yeah stake him in the heart or something i don't know <laughs> figure it out um all right i have one story that i want to get into now the the bulk of my research was sure. about this um Oh, were you going to say something? No, no. Oh, you took a big breath like you were going to cut me off. I, I like, oh, uh, forget for to it. breathe sometimes. Oh, no. <laughs> you might be plagued by a vampire and you don't even know it. All right. Well, as I mentioned earlier, in the year 1732, it was the first time vampires had ever been mentioned in the English newspapers, the newspapers of England. Mm. Um, but they weren't just like making this up. They're not there telling ghost stories or trying to freak people out. They're there to report the news. They're there to report what really happened. They're there to report the reports. So what was the report that was spreading across Europe? What was going from Austria to Germany to France, making its way all the way to England? Well, there were a couple of stories coming out around the same time. Okay. But the one I want to focus on in particular was very interesting to me because it involved some government officials. And it involved government vampires, government vampires, uh, government vampire hunters, actually. And it all comes back to that part of Europe that I showed you the map of yeah. at the beginning of the show. And that treaty that I told you about how Austria was at war with the Ottoman Empire. And during this time, Austria was actually controlling this part of Europe, technically, but they were far away. They were like two countries away. Um, so they would set up some regional offices okay, where they would have mayors and governors to kind of, uh, control things regionally. Right. One of these regional offices is run by a man named Oberstleutnant Schnetzer. Now, Oberstleutnant is a German word. It means like over-lieutenant. Okay. Over-lieutenant Yeah. Yeah. And one day, he's, he's an Austrian military commander, and he's in charge of an administration. And one day, a group of villagers comes in, and um, they are telling him that at the present moment, everyone in the village has been packed into like two or three houses, and they're staying there every night, and one family keeps watch while the other families sleep. And that's because over the course of the past six weeks, 13 people have died mysteriously. 13 people have died. That's a bad number. People who were not sick. Um, and their ages vary and their like backgrounds vary. The victims are a 50-year-old woman, a 14-year-old boy, a 15-year-old boy, a 20-year-old woman and her unborn child, a 9-year-old boy. 
a 30-year-old wife of a mercenary, a 24-year-old man, a 25-year-old man, a 60-year-old man, a 21-year-old servant, a 40-year-old woman, and an 18-day-old baby. No. Yeah. They got the baby. They tell Schnitzer that vampires are hunting everyone in the town. Schnitzer doesn't believe it. Mm. He thinks it's bullshit because he's an educated man and he works for the government and they just fought a war. God damn it. And he has a time for this monstrous bullshit. Yeah, he saw like real, real death. He saw real shit. And he's like 13 people died over the past six weeks and you don't know what happened. Well, I'll figure out what happened. So he sends uh, an infectious disease specialist to this village. Um, a guy named Imperial Contagious Medicus Dr. Glasser. Um, and he goes to the town of Parison. These, these dudes have like horrific names. <laughs> I don't know why like ugh, it freaks me out every time you say their names. 1732, man. Yeah. Dr. Glasser. This is Glasser. super goth. Keep that, in yeah. Mind, yeah. That sounds like, like an evil ass. This is Rob like Zombie. Napoleonic era. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Just, just to give you an idea of or pre-Napoleonic, but not by much. Um, so Dr. Glasser goes to the village and he talks to the villagers and they claim that they've been tormented by recently deceased villagers who have come back as vampires. Um, and they come back as vampires and they torment the people who are still alive in the village. And then their victims will fall sick and die from an unknown cause. The sickness, the vampire sickness that's killing these people. Um, when the people get sick, they claim they complain of having stabbing sides in their pain, uh, stabbing. Uh, I'm sorry, stabbing pains in their side and mm. chest. Okay. Prolonged fever and jerks of the limbs. Um, Again, this is going on in the year 1731, actually. This is happening in December 12th, so it's the very last month of the year. Dr. Glasser's interviewing people, and like I said, there's 13 victims, and I want to give you a couple names here. One of the victims is a 50-year-old woman named Milica. Okay. Um, there's a 14-year-old boy named Malloy. There's a 15-year-old boy named Joaquin. There's a boy named Peter. There's a 20-year-old woman and her unborn baby. Her name is Stana. Mm-hmm. Then a couple other victims, Fusicha, Milosova, Radi, Stanico, Milohi. There's actually two people named Milohi, Ruzika, and Stanoika. I'm just giving you some names, right? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Remember uh, Milika and Stana. Those are the important okay. ones. Milika and Stana. 50-year-old woman and a 20-year-old woman with an unborn baby. Oh, God. So he uh, he and he inspects the entire town, and he doesn't find any signs of a of a contagious illness. He doesn't okay. find anything. Thirteen people have died. He doesn't find any illness. What killed these thirteen people? The villagers are say it's vampires. They insist it's vampires. They say the first woman to die, Milica, turned into a vampire after she died. And she came back. The woman with the baby? No, 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 no. Okay. The woman was with the baby became a vampire as well. Oh, God. But, that, Mil but Milica dude. was the first, and she came back, and she turned others into vampires, and now they have vampires and vampires and vampires coming back. Who is this Milica woman? She was a 50-year-old woman. Everyone liked her. They said she was a nice woman. She had come to the village from the Ottoman-controlled territories six years earlier. 
The locals said she was always a good neighbor, and to the best of their knowledge, she had, quote, never believed or practiced anything diabolical. However, she had told them once that she had eaten the meat of a sheep that had been killed by vampires. So there's a thing in this countryside, it's mostly nomadic cattle farmers mm. and vampires need blood. They need lifeblood. So yeah. not only will they attack humans, but a lot of time they'll kill livestock. And you've heard stories of cryptids killing livestock. You just find dead cows. Yeah. Mutilated out there. With like puncture wounds yeah, and stuff. Yeah, you don't know what, yeah. So it was yeah. one of those. She found a sheep. She didn't want it to go to waste. No. So she harvested the sheep. She ate it. Well, the villagers got scared because they know if you eat the meat of an animal that's been killed by a vampire, you might become a vampire. Well, guess what? Milica was 50 years old and she died. And we don't know how she died. That's not in the records. But she was the first vampire. Ever? In this village. Okay. Well, spoiler alert. Who killed those sheep? We do get to the answer of that. Oh, shit. We do get to the answer of that. We do find out who turned Milica into a vampire. But there were two investigations into this story, and they don't find that out until the second investigation. Mm. But let me continue here. Yeah. Now they have a vampire, Milica, and the town is freaking out, except for Stana, the 20-year-old woman, because Stana has come from Ottoman-controlled lands as well, and she has encountered vampires before, and she has protected herself from vampires because she claims to have smeared herself in the blood of vampires. I thought you were going to say garlic for a second. No. That, that's even more goth. She's she, like, fuck She you. smeared herself in the blood of vampires, which I, apparently yeah. will protect you from vampires. But guess what? Also makes you a candidate to turn into a vampire when you die. I would 100% watch an A24 horror film about like this shack of people afraid of vampires. This sounds like a great movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, guess what? Stana was not protected. She was one of the first victims of the mysterious illness. Yeah. And vampire attacks. So when Stana died, not only was Milica a vampire and Stana, but also Stana's unborn baby was a baby vampire. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, they continued. I mean, the, the, the villagers didn't know what to do. More people started dying. An old man died. A 14-year-old boy named Milohi died. Apparently like nine weeks after Milo, he died. He appeared on top of another woman named Stanoika in the middle of the night. Nine weeks after he died, she claimed that Milo, he was in her room strangling her in the middle of the night. Yeah, I want to ask you, like, so these people died. Did they like bury them or did they just like? I'll tell you. Okay. They bury them. Yeah. But then, after the after the vampire is buried, they will return from the grave in a spirit form. Sometimes they're an invisible shadow. Okay. They feed on your life essence and they gain strength to return more and more to their human form. So people, I, I, earlier I should say, I was talking about danpires. Yeah. A danpire is somebody who is half vampire, half mortal. Remember these vampires come back from the grave and they want to have sex with their wives yeah. and they might get their wife pregnant and that baby will be half vampire, a danpire. And in the folklore of this region, they say that danpires have the ability to see invisible vampires, and it makes them great candidates for turning into vampire hunters. Oh. Danpires have the abilities of vampire, but they also have the ability of mortal. They can eat like mortals, um, but they can detect vampires and have heightened psychic awareness and can just detect 
evil energy and can fight it. Danpires can also control animals and have uh, various powers. Um, why am I talking about why am I talking about vampires? <laughs> uh, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. oh, because we're talking about how vampires are invisible. Yeah. So this 14 year old boy died. He appears on top of this woman in the middle of the night, choking her, and then he disappears. And the very next day, that woman falls into a stupor. And three days later, she dies of a mysterious illness. It is her death. When the villagers say, we can't do this anymore. Yeah. We don't know what's going on. We need to get the government involved. That's when they went to Uberlin and Schnetzer. That's how <laughs> Glasser got sent back to the village. And now Glasser is totally caught up on the story. Okay. Okay. Milica was the vampire. She was a vampire. You had Stanoika. You had Stana. You got a lot of vampires. But Glasser doesn't believe it. No. He thinks it's an infectious disease. But he Understandable. But he can't find an infectious disease. So he goes, you know what? Just to calm you down, let's exhume the bodies. Let's open up the coffins. Let's see if they're vampires. Glasser determines that they are, in fact, vampires. Glasser outlines his findings to his commander, and he recommends that the authorities should pacify the population by fulfilling its request to execute the vampires. What? How does he... F so he, they open the coffins? He... Opens the coffins. Okay. He is a doctor. He says, I performed an examination. I have determined that these are, in fact, vampires. And I recommend we do an extern. We send in government agents to exterminate them. This report gets back to Schnetzer. Yeah. Uber Leutnant Schnetzer. What does Schnetzer do? What does he think? I'll tell you. Schnetzer goes, <laughs> this is fucking crazy. <laughs> It's time to authorize a second investigation. Schnetzer sends in a team of military surgeons. A team, not one. He sends in six military surgeons. The head of the group is a guy named Johann Fluckinger. Johann Fluckinger brings two officers, Lieutenant Colonel Buttinger and J.H. von Lindenfels. And those guys bring two assistants. So it's a team of five. Okay. Um, they all go down to this village and they start uh, they start their own investigation. That's part one of my story. Now I'm going to go to part two of the story, which I have called the arch vampire. Okay. Arch vampire. The arch vampire. Fluckinger, the next part of the story was not discovered in Glasser's investigation. This was something that Fluckinger discovered during his investigation. But as we mentioned, um, Milica said that she had eaten the meat of a vampire, uh, eaten the meat of a sheep that a vampire had killed yeah. previously. They said that five years earlier, a vampire had come to their town and had started all of this mess. Um, it was a man named Arnold Paoli. That name sounds super familiar. This is the story that gets out in the newspapers. Oh, okay. Arnold Paoli is the name of the vampire that spreads across Europe and scares the bejesus out of everybody. Would, uh, I mean, I don't know if it'll spoil their story at all, but is this like, say, inspiration that like Bram Stoker may have heard or, any, or anything like, along the lines of that? I don't know. This is pre, this is pre Dracula, like being written, right? All of this. This is the year 1725 when Arnold Paoli shows up. Okay. The book Dracula was written in 1897. Okay. This is a long time before that. Shit. 
All right. According to the local, according to the local villagers, Arnold um, came from the Turkish area, the Ottoman Empire, to this region. Remember, it's war torn for twenty years. He was hired as a local mercenary to fight and protect the border. So he's like border patrol. He had often mentioned to the locals that he had been plagued by a vampire in one of his previous cities of residence, a place he called Gosawa. But some people think he was talking about Kosovo, modern-day Kosovo. He said that he had cured himself from the vampire by eating the soil from the vampire's grave and smearing himself with the vampire's blood. Dude, eating the soil of the vampire's grave, that's the most goth shit I've ever heard in my fucking life. I want to remind everybody that... It sounds like some death grips At later. this time, people believe that when a person dies and you bury them, their phantom spirit may return to haunt you as okay. a vampire. So this guy went to an actual grave of a dead person, opened the grave up, ate the soil from the grave, and smeared himself with the blood... Of the body that was inside. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, in about 1725, Arnold Paoli dies in a freak accident. He falls off of a hay wagon and he breaks his neck. Within 20 days of his death. <laughs> Sorry, falling off a hay wagon seems like such a like 1700s problem. <laughs> bitch ass way to die. Well, that's like the only way, like that's such an old ass way to die. Yeah. Within 20 days of his death, People start complaining that they're seeing him at night. All of these people die shortly thereafter. It was then remembered that Arnold had told people that he had been tormented by a Turkish vampire mm -hmm. and that he had cured himself by eating the dirt from the grave and smearing himself with the blood. 40 days after Arnold's death, the villagers go to a local authority, an administrative man who claims to have dealt with vampires in the past. And he says, we need to open up Arnold's grave. They open up Arnold's grave and they find that his corpse is undecomposed with all indications that he is an arch vampire. Was his eye open? His veins were replete with fluid blood Ugh. and the flesh uh, and fresh blood had flowed from his eyes, nose, mouth, and ears. His shirt um, was covered in blood. The coffin was completely filled with blood. The old nails on his hands and feet, along with the skin, had fallen off and new ones had grown. Further, his body was red and his hair and nails and beard had all grown. They concluded that Paoli was indeed a vampire. They drove a stake through his heart, to which he reacted by with a frightful shriek. Oh, God. As if he were alive and groaning and bleeding, they burned the body. That done, they cut off his head. Then they uh, did the same to his four supposed victims to prevent them from becoming vampires as well. That's the image. The one image that's really sticking with me that you just said is that they opened the coffin and it was filled with blood. That yeah. is fucking terrifying. What's going on here? What? How? What's going on here? Vampires. So they killed Arnold Paoli and they killed his four victims and they thought they were done with it. Except five years later. Milica shows up and she tells them like, yeah, I, I ate one of those sheep that, that those vampires had killed. Oh, and then she dies and this happens all over again. I like how this is very similar to like zombie stuff. Yeah. Like in, in modern vampire lore, it's like, oh, 
I have to bite you and then you have to drink some of my blood. But this early iteration is more like, yeah, like I just said, zombie like where yeah, it's like doing bad rituals, almost like, like a blood disease. Yeah. Or like having to make a choice because some of these people like eating the grave of a, uh, of a vampire, smearing yourself in the blood. You're trying to protect yourself from yeah. a vampire and then you become a vampire later on. And I don't know about you, but I was thinking about this and I was like, well, if my options are get murdered by a vampire or turn into a vampire myself after I die. Yeah. Which one are you going to go for? Uh, I mean, this iteration of a vampire seems fucked up, but I guess I would do that. I would protect myself from the vampire. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I would eat grave dirt and smear myself in blood, but if it was easy, <laughs> like take this pill. I would love to see someone eat grave dirt in a movie. Sorry. Let me. Yeah, preface. we can do it. Um, all right. Part three, vampire hunting. So that's the story they tell the team of military surgeons. That's what their investigation concludes. Like that's how this all got started. Um, so Johan Fluckinger, he basically says, sorry, I'm, I'm a little lost here. I have have notes all over the place. Yeah. Derek, the other day you said I have 10 pages of notes and I was like, holy shit, 12 pages. Holy shit. When I was all said and done. Uh, do you want a, do you want a vampire joke? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give okay. me a vampire joke, please, please. <clears throat> what is a cross-dressing vampire called? Oh god. Uh Dragula. Wow. You want you want another one or are you good? I'm good because okay. I caught up to myself. <laughs> All right. Glasser started his investigation on December 12th, 1731. On January 7th, 1732, Fluckinger and his team decide it's time to go vampire hunting. We've heard the stories. We've read Glassinger's report. Let's get to the fucking bottom of this. Okay. And do they, do they have any like weaponry? Is it like this out? Okay, cool. I'm glad you have the answer. They assemble a mob of, of local gypsies (laughs) and they collect a couple of the village elders. Okay. And these are five military officers. Five Austrian officers in Ottoman-controlled territory take a team of gypsies Uh and the local elders, and they go into the graveyard. This is on on par with the wizard battle that you told me about uh, at the Aleister Crowley house. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There's like a fucking magic war about to happen between vampires and gypsies. They start... They I don't start, know if it's PC to say gypsy, but I don't know what the actual term is. This anyway. is, hey, this was uh, 300 years ago. Yeah, These yeah, yeah. were actual gypsies. Yeah. Um, they start ripping open the graves. They start prying them open. The commission established that while five of the corpses were decomposed naturally, the remaining 12 were quite complete and undecayed. Okay. And they exhibited traits that were commonly associated with vampirism. Their chests and in some cases, other organs were filled with fresh rather than coagulated blood. The viscera were estimated to be in good condition. Various corpses looked plump and their skin had a red and vivid color rather than being pale. And in several cases, the skin on the hands and feet, along with old nails, had fallen away. um, And completely new nails were evident along with fresh and vivid skin. They open up the grave of Milica. And in the case of Milica, the witnesses uh, who knew her were very surprised by her plumpness, stating that they had known her well 
and from her youth she had always been very lean and dried up, but it was only in the grave that she had attained such plumpness. Yeah, that's the thing. I think of this era, being kind of chubby was a sign of like being uh, rich. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. that's like a cool detail there. It's like, oh, you know, in, in death, she was more plump. The surgeon summarized that all of these phenomenon um, indicate that these bodies are in a vampiric condition, mm-hmm. which in their native German is vampirenstand. <laughs> and after the examination had been completed, the gypsies were commissioned to dispatch of the vampires by cutting off their heads, staking their hearts, burning their bodies, and dispersing their ashes in the local river. The decomposed bodies were put back in their graves. The report was signed off on by the five officers involved and dated January 26th, 1732. This is another, you know, attachment to like the zombie lore. It's like they have to also decapitate these people. Um, I really wonder if like, you know, this type of vampire really just, you know, paved the way for the modern zombie uh, story. Um, I don't know. Like I said, yeah. this, the vampire, I feel maybe today, actually, you could argue that zombies are more dominant in the horror genre yeah. as the top like go to monster for the genre. But I feel like vampires traditionally have always held the number one spot and may make a return um, just as the most popular thing in, in the culture. OK, so that's that's the story. That's what okay. happens. Glasser, the original doctor. He takes his report back home with him to Austria and he gives them to his father, who is also a doctor. And his father is so fascinated that he sends his report out to local newspapers. And that is how it starts spreading first in Austria, then in Germany, then in France, then in England, where we get the word vampire first reported in 1732. Boom, baby. That's how we got vampires. Woo. That's um, basically it. Oh, I took it out of my notes, but uh, the vampire craze lasted for like a hundred years until how it all ended. I wish I had the story here, but there was a queen who commissioned one of her surgeons to go to Transylvania. And he's like, she said, find out what's going on with these vampires. And this guy is known in history and is like applauded as being the, the man in history who said vampires are not real. Oh shit. And His recommendations, I wish I knew his name, but basically what he said is people are misunderstanding how a body decomposes and a lot of these corpses are being buried in airtight chambers or are being being refrigerated naturally and it is naturally slowing down their decomposition process. A body can remain almost unchanged for years and years and years and years and years given the proper conditions. And what was killing them could easily be some type of blood disease. Uh, Oh. Yeah. There are theories about what was killing them. Okay. Not a blood disease. Mass hysteria. Mm. They said that, imagine living in this time, 1732, there's no electricity. You're living in war-torn Croatia. No electricity. 1732. You do believe in vampires. Someone in your village dies. Maybe it's a village elder. Or a leader, somebody you really respect. Maybe it's your father. Maybe you literally think like, how are we going to make it? Yeah. Now that this person is dead and the stress is weighing on you and you are starting to have nightmares where you're seeing this person and this person is mad at you in your nightmares. This person is 
trying to choke you or you feel anxiety like you can't breathe and you wake up and you see their face and then they're gone. And you believe in vampires and you start to get not scared, real scared, (laughs) like so scared. You stop eating. You stop leaving the bed like so scared. You just straight up die after a few weeks because there's no electricity and you live in the middle of nowhere in war torn Croatia. And you think that there's vampires in your village. They do say that it could be mass hysteria that caused these deaths and illnesses. But at the same time, we don't know. They're mysterious. We don't know what caused them. This was making a lot more sense to me because uh, when I was doing some research, uh, I kept finding correlations with uh, the, the the old hag, which is a kind of a sleep paralysis demon. Uh, you know, sometimes when you wake up mid dream, uh, yeah. you get this you can't move your body because your, your, your body kind of releases this thing where it, so you don't like run around in your okay, sleep. Yeah. And uh, sometimes your brain will just still be in the dream mode and you'll just imagine someone sitting on your chest looking at yeah. you. Uh, so it's cool to see. I was wondering why there's so much correlation with that sleep paralysis vision. How many, how many of us out there have seen shadow people? Oh, yeah. Who here yeah. has seen a shadow person? Now imagine... It's 1732 Croatia. You're both of your parents died mysteriously and you're seeing shadow people. Yeah. Like, how do you comprehend that? Like what? What? Of course you're going to believe in vampires. I would fucking I would stop. Of course eating. you're going to go eat the <laughs> fucking soil of a grave yeah, yeah. and smear yourself in exactly. blood. You'll do anything to get those nightmares gone. hundred percent. Um, the last thing I want to end with today, unless you have uh, something else to share with us. Do you have any more? Uh, I just really quick. I want like uh, I didn't realize that we kind of have similar stuff here, but uh, I found like the instance of a, a, you know, also early vampires in the same region. But uh, I learned in like Romanian folklore before they had the word vampire, they would use this term Strigoi. Strigoi. It's not just the the language Bam Margera speaks. It's a. Uh, By the way, Bam Margera speaks vampire. Yeah. Apparently. Which uh, Strigoi pretty much very is like an evil spirit that can, can inhabit the body of like animals and stuff. It's very zombie-like. And there was kind of a instance of like the first Strigoi that kind of got, uh, you know, turned into the modern day vampire. And this is a guy named Jury Grando. Have you heard of this guy? Yeah, before? the first person in history to ever be accused of being a vampire. So he was in uh, this area that's modern day Croatia, which I think is similar, like in, in the uh, similar place to where uh, all that stuff happened that you were describing as well. Correct or yeah, uh huh. I'm not really good with yeah, geography. Eastern Europe. That's yeah. that's exactly the same area. So uh, the legend tells that like 16 years after this dude died, uh, th- people just started randomly seeing him in the middle of the night uh, in their windows a lot. He started visiting his, like you said, uh, his wife, his uh, widow, okay. and uh, she would claim that he would try to, you know, uh, you know, have sex with her and all that jazz. <laughs> But uh, it got so insane that the village was like, we need we need to stop this guy. He's terrorizing our town. We see him and he's like looks like pretty much like like zombie mode. He's all like deteriorating and, and long fingernails. So they uh, have the 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 village pe- uh, priest. His name is Giorgio. OK, um, they're like. Yo, what, what do we do about this? And he's like, I don't know, but I, I recall burying him 16 years ago. And they're like, oh, shit, you buried him and because he was at his funeral. Yeah. Um, He's the local priest. So uh, 
what they do. They decide to uh, open his grave. And this is where you kind of get some modern vampire lore. He, they pull out a cross. This is like the first instance of like pulling out a, like a religious relic on a vampire. Um, and uh, he yells like, behold, Jesus Christ, you vampire, stop tormenting us. I think he said Strigoi. This is kind <laughs> of a... Uh, Strigoi. Strigoi in Croatia. Behold this, you fucking Strigoi. Um, behold Jesus on your ass, Strigoi. <laughs> I didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> hey, Strigoi, I'm going to shove this cross so far up your ass, you're going to be fucking coffin communion crackers for the next 500 <laughs> years. Uh, so they, they, they hold up a cross to his dead body and they're like, all right, we fucking did it. High five. They close his coffin. They, they rebury him. But then he start doesn't work. He starts showing up again and they're like, we're going to get this motherfucker. So they open him up again. And this is another uh, instance of, of vampire lore. They, they have Hawthorne sticks. Okay. Uh, and they're like, all right, we're just gonna stab this fool in his coffin and hopefully he doesn't come out. They claim that they they try to stake him and it it just bounces off the body like it doesn't pierce. Um so what they decide yeah, to do powerful. Yeah. Um so they instead they they decide like you said uh they to chop the head off. And when they chop the head off uh blood just starts spewing everywhere, it starts screaming and uh they have to do a couple exorcism prayers and then they they claim that Jury never showed up again. They did it. They, they did that it. was some real ass vampire hunting. Yeah, for real. Yeah, that actually is the first instance in history of a real person being like, you know, because Vlad the Impaler is not actually a vampire. That's another thing. Like, people think Vlad the Impaler was the first vampire. No, it was this Jury Grando guy. Yeah, I think this was a big inspiration for like. I mean, I. I I think for Bram Stoker, Stoker, the Stoker. I want to say, I want to say Stroker. I don't know. That's fucking Bram Stroker. Bram Stroker. Uh, also, in doing research, I, my whole life I thought Vlad the Impaler was a big inspiration for Dracula because his name is like Drac. What is his name? Like it was like know. Dracula or something. Vlad Dracul or something. But uh, he would same area like Croatia or uh, the Ottoman Empire. Excuse me, the Ottoman Empire, and he would like impale his. Uh, impale people and then like eat their blood like he would have them impaled in his like hall and and would like sop up their blood with his bread but apparently that's not true or that is true but uh i'm rambling oh I'm you're doing i'm great. gonna cut myself off yeah, i'm just paying attention <laughs> hey you know what uh we need to pause for a moment this is such a big episode extra big episode hope everybody's enjoying it if you like this episode and you want to support us do us a favor and go check out our sponsor cryptid crate Yes. Uh, go to Cryptid Crate and use the promo code MEGASTRANGE to get 25% off your first month subscription or $5 off your sampler. Uh, Cryptid Crate is great. Cryptid Crate is the number one subscription service for all the monster hunters out there. They actually have the best cryptid and monster-related merchandise uh, available. I agree. Uh, of any like source I've found on the internet, you know, there's a lot of sites out there that have like nerd culture um and all kinds of memorabilia fun stuff cool stuff you like think geek comes to mind but you can't find good bigfoot merch and cryptid crate will introduce you to cryptids you've never even heard of like mantis man that was, yeah i've never heard of mantis man that was the cryptid that was featured in the box last month mm. along with us some mega strange stickers go check out cryptid crate use the code mega strange all one word lowercase 
check it out. Yeah. All right. So uh, the last episode I want to talk about, um, I want to connect it back to Mega 64. I always like to do, you know, when we were doing Mega Strange Hits America, our yeah. road show. I, I really had fun. Like I wanted to share stories, more stories that we had got from people on the road who came out and met us face to face. A lot of people actually told us about this American vampire named Mercy Brown. A lot of people did tell us about Mercy yeah. Brown. Honestly, I looked into the Mercy Brown story for this episode. I wouldn't mind doing a part two on vampires because okay. I feel like we've only scratched the surface and there are so many more stories to be told. Mm. But the Mercy Brown one didn't really fit in very well to today's episode. But I found a different story from Richmond, Virginia. Okay. That I like to share. The Richmond Vampire. Um, this story takes place in the Hollywood Cemetery of Richmond, Virginia, where apparently there is a mausoleum dedicated to somebody named W.W. Poole, who died in the year 1913. They believe that a vampire, possibly the vampire of W.W. Poole, resides in this mausoleum. Apparently, as the story goes, Poole was run out of England in the 1800s for being a vampire, where he settled in Richmond, Virginia, um, and has like haunted the Hollywood Cemetery ever since. Apparently, there was a tunnel collapse okay. in 1925 that is connected to this vampire. As the story goes, uh, why were they tunneling here? I'm not sure. Is that, is that part of the story? It just says that there was a place <laughs> called Chesapeake and Ohio Railroads Church Hill oh. Tunnel under Church Hill. Okay, so they were digging a railroad tunnel underneath a place called Church Hill. Okay. When the tunneling awoke an ancient evil that had lived under Church Hill for some time, possibly the vampire of W.W. Poole that had been there since the 1800s. Whatever that ancient evil was, it caused the tunnel to come crashing down on the workers. Shit. Several workers were buried alive in this tunnel collapse, and rescue teams were called to dig them out. Remember, this is October 1925. Rescue teams claim that they found an unearthly, blood-covered creature with jagged teeth and skin hanging from its muscular body, crouching over one of the victims. The creature escaped from the cave-in and raced towards the James River. The group pursued the creature, and it took refuge in the Hollywood Cemetery, where it disappeared into the mausoleum built into the hillside bearing the name W.W. Poole. I have a picture of the mausoleum. You want to see it? Yeah. Let's pull it up. Um, sorry, give me a sec here. I think it should be this. Nope. Oh, here. This is Elon Musk. That's uh, what the vampire may have looked like. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> after the cave in. Uh, here you go. That's the mausoleum right there. Uh, and not only that, but check this out. Do we have the second map that I gave you? Uh, yeah. Just give me a second here. The Hollywood Cemetery is literally five minutes away from the venue holy shit we played our show at when we did the last laugh tour in richmond virginia dude and who knows it's so close maybe ww pool was in the rafters rafters of our show laughing along at all our comedy 
Maybe, maybe the seance brought him. We were five minutes away. So I want to put a call out to any mega strangers out there who might be watching. If you're in the vicinity of Richmond, Virginia, yeah. and you find yourself near the Hollywood Cemetery, go on down to the mausoleum of W.W. Poole. Snap a picture of yourself doing a little vampire hunting. <laughs> Send us a picture of yourself in front of the WW Pool Mausoleum, and we will feature you on a future episode of Mega Strange. That's everything I have for vampires for today, everybody. I hope you liked it, and I hope you learned something. Um, I learned a lot. Uh, you got another vampire joke for us? Send us home. I got, I got so many. Um, hmm. Why do vampires need mouthwash? Why? To combat bat breath. Uh, why are vampires massive sociopaths? This is going to be the last joke of the evening. Why? They have zero uh, compatibility of self-reflection. That's the best joke uh, of them all so far. <laughs> That's my favorite of the day. Hey, thanks for ever, uh, watching, everybody. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, you know what? Leave a comment. Engage the algorithm. You can also follow us on Instagram at Mega Strange Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Derek Derek Acosta only. You can follow me at uh, Catboy underscore Slim. We will be back every Tuesday with mailbag episodes. So call us up and leave us your story about some of the strange things that have happened to you. Have you ever seen a vampire out there? Tell us about it. And we'll be back with more full length episodes every Saturday at noon. Thanks for watching, everybody. Stay strange out there. Good night.